Sunday Eve. I'm one of your hosts, Barry Murphy, once again bringing you a another week of of goffs and takes and reviews and wrestling and life and everything else. Joined as always by my ever dependable co-host, first of all, Mr. Paul Griffin. We're back for our, our bi-weekly episode that we do these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Life is uh, life's getting in the way. You know, we're we're popular men. We are we are out and about. We're men we're sure about. That, that is what Jeff Goldblum said in Jurassic Park that one time. Um, hmm, life mm, gets in the way. Hmm, you see, hmm. <laughs> yes, very. You'd be way more sick if uh, if 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 life gets in the way was the actual quote. Jeff Goldblum's like, I uh, I just want to sit in bed, watch Netflix, and eat Nutella. I don't know. Mmm, Nutella, very good. Mmm, yes. Mmm. Yes. Mm, yes. Oh, yes. Mm. yes, yes, I of course like Nutella. Anyway, uh, Jeff Goldblum not with us this week. Uh, huh. Filling in for him uh, is Again. Mr. <laughs> Joe Chowder. Wow. Oh, news, Jeff. You can't. Come on, the no. we, should really take, we should take him off the run sheet. We really should take him off the run sheet. But Joe's here in, in his stead. I am here and just as sexy. I would say sexier, and I've, and I've and I've never been in a bad Jurassic Park movie. So, Ooh. see, Jeff Goldblum has been in what I consider right the best Jurassic Park, uh, middly one, and the worst one. So he's kind of covered the whole gamut there. Yeah, fair play to him. Although he he cleverly sidestepped the Lost World, the most boring of the Jurassic Park films. So you got to give him that one. No. Then he turned up in the last one with a weird little beard, which he doesn't typically have and didn't have in any of the other movies. So I don't know what was happening that day. Hmm. Very strange. Mm. Very strange. Odd. Anyway. Long time no talk, gentlemen. How's things? Yeah, you know, it's 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 been it's been a while. How have you lads been? What's I got a new that? phone! Ooh! Hello. I had to finally get a new phone. My iPhone 6 finally kicked the old bucket, gave up the ghost and that. iPhone 6? They're on about 12 now. I know. I had, I had, a, I had a good oh. three years, three and a half years. Got a lot of good value out of it, you know? Um, what happened with it was the charger port on the phone itself just got like, you know, when you have your, your earphones and the, the cable gets a bit wonky and you have to kind of wiggle it around to hear through both the ears Ooh, it was kind of like that with the phone port the port itself became faultier and faultier over time uh, to the <clears> point then that it just would not charge anymore so yeah. it, it had one final charge and then <laughs> then it was gone um, so super kicked it into retirement welcome me to the android family Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say do at the end of your own Android t-shirt on underneath oh my god brother I'm Hulk Hogan in the open but top Paris Disney on? now <laughs> so I now have a Huawei P smartphone Huawei it's very nice uh, see my thing is right when I got the iPhone 6 
I got it on bill pay. So it's very it's a very expensive phone, you know. Uh, yeah. But given that I now have an iPad, I have a 2018 iPad, which have all my apps on it, has the mega camera on it and all that. I don't really need to go out and spend 700 euro on a phone. Like, what? Not to sound like an old man, but like, does it do texts and calls? Does it? Um, all I really need is that I can put my podcasts on it, Spotify, uh, Twitter, Pokemon Go, you know, all the essentials. Um, but all the other stuff can kind of stay on my my iPad. I don't really need um, a very powerful phone. So I got a brand new uh, Huawei P smartphone, as I mentioned. Uh, cost me 165 euro with a case. Okay. So that's a pretty good deal. And it's, yeah, it's nice. I mean, not to sound like someone who has been blissfully unaware of all the advantages of Android uh, for the last few years, but like... It has the NFC, so I can top up my card, my Leap card, yeah. Um, yeah. with the phone. Has facial recognition, so I can just unlock the phone by looking at it with my big face. Just look at the fucker! And it's like, hello, come in. Um, yeah, it's very, very good. I like it a lot. The only problem I had with it was, um, I set up a Google Pay account probably five years ago or something, and then never bothered to verify myself on it, so... I tried to um, buy an app in the Google Play Store uh, and was unable to, so I've had to <laughs> try and get my account reactivated uh, to do that. Um, and Barry, you were talking the other week about trying to find a good podcast app. Yeah. Uh, I found one that seems to work for me. It's called Podcast Addict. Um, okay. And it allows me to sus- subscribe to all my podcasts and also to add RSS feeds manually. Um, and, it, you know, I have all my podcasts here on, on my front page, and it has a little orange thing in the corner, shows you all the artworks, a little orange counter in the corner, so it's like, you have one of these, unlisten to, and I'm like, oh, there we go. Um, the only disadvantage I have of it is that it has ads, but you can have a, a, a no-ad version for, like, two euro, which, two euro is fair enough. Um, so that's what I'm using currently. I have all my podcasts added to it, including my Patreon podcasts. So, uh, Podcast Addict, that's the one I'm using. It seems it has lot, lots of different options as well for like uh, how you want the podcast to display, how you want to play, and so on. Uh, I only did come into one roadblock with it, which was that um, while I was listening to a podcast and I tried to open another application with Twitter or whatever, that the podcast would stop playing. Um, but I just had to go into the settings of the phone. Uh, and change the the power settings to like allow it to run in the background, and then it's completely fine. So, okay. so I've had a good experience with that so far. Um, yeah, I'm done that old podcast uh, addict gimmick now, and, and we'll see how, how we do. Yeah, well, it allows you to search for podcasts. In fact, it allows you to search on the iTunes Store for podcasts, which is very strange. But um, wow. yeah, I, I, I find it very very good. Um, the only thing I don't have is any phone numbers in it because. Um, I guess all my phone numbers were on the old phone. Uh, so I'm using the same SIM card, but I, I don't have any contacts at all. But when you SIM? Well, you live and you learn. Um, but yeah, very much enjoying the phone. It has the little fingerprint uh, thing on the back, so I can unlock doing that if my face doesn't work for whatever reason. And uh, yeah, I mean, the camera on it is fairly average, I would say. But then, I, as I mentioned, I don't really need a good a good camera, so... I don't really mind, but I'm very, very happy with it. 
um, because I can listen to podcasts again. Because for the last week, I've had to bring my iPad in my bag with me everywhere I went and listen to podcasts from there. So even at work, if I was like, oh, I'm taking a 15-minute break, I'm going to go for a little walk, bag on the shoulder, carry the iPad so I can listen to a podcast. Not very portable. Um, So loving that. Uh, In addition, I got the phone yesterday. Also went out for a nice little dinner yesterday. Uh, O'Shea's in Temple Bar, Dublin. For a little steak dinner, we got a, um, a voucher for Christmas that we just finally cashed in. I, we ran in like Edge in 2006. He's cashing in his voucher for dinner. Uh, and we had nice sirloin steak dinner Ooh. for the two. Very big steaks as well. Oh, wow. So value good. for money. Um, and I said, well, it's very clever because it, it was essentially like, like a Groupon voucher, right? And uh, I said, well, that's good because you, you get your little meal, but then you like it so much, then you go back. Uh, and Natty made a good point that we we should just keep an eye out for more Groupon vouchers. <laughs> keep going voucher after voucher after voucher. Mm. But um, yeah, it was very, very good. Very much enjoyed that. And um, and after the meal, or actually it was before the meal, we went into Smith's Toy Store. Because I, after watching a movie this weekend, had a strange compulsion to buy a keyboard. Um, not a computer keyboard, a music one. <laughs> Why? I just want to just wanna have one. I, I, it's something that I've always wanted but never actually owned. Because I learned to play the piano when I was young. Like, I, I, I have a... Is that the yeah. you bought it? Well, I, ha- I haven't bought a keyboard yet. But oh, I do. I, do okay. I, thought, I, thought, I thought you said you bought it. I was going to say, because I haven't owned one before would have been an incredible reason to do it. But No, no, I, I'm just, I just kind of want to have it because um, I don't know if either of you guys have any musical ability Adams. that we never found out about. But um, no. I'm kind of average at the piano, average at the guitar, and I quite like being able to make a tune with your fingers or whatever, you know, to use your body to make a music happen. Um, and I've never owned a keyboard. I've always enjoyed playing the keyboard, so I would like to have one. And you can get them fairly cheap, you get 100 euro, less 80 euro for a keyboard. So I think next time we're in Dublin, we'll get a keyboard and uh, bang out a few tunes on that, yeah. What have you guys been up to then? That's a lot about me. What about you guys? Well, enough about you, Paul. Well, um, hmm. was was awoken this morning by a uh, a WhatsApp from a friend of mine who sent me a news story and said, "Are you okay?" <clears throat> Which is always fun to wake up to. Yeah. Um, turns out, uh, stabbing outside our flat. Oh really? Uh, oh, someone uh, middle of the night didn't hear anything because we sleep on the other side. I think Michelle might have heard some sirens, but. Uh, I I just slipped for everything to be honest. So didn't was wait, didn't it Callum? No. Oh, actually, I should have checked. Could have been. <laughs> Could have been. I haven't spoken to him. Um, yeah. So someone someone died about three a.m. Oh, they died. Yeah, yeah. Died Ooh, straight away. Proper stabbing. So the whole street was cordoned off um, till kind of mid afternoon. Right. Um, so that was interesting. Um, all the old police out there seen the flat on the news. In the on the BBC oh, website, famous now. I need um, to look it up. I know, I know. It's on a Lordship Lane in um, East Dulwich. The, the, the um, posh standing yeah. place in the world. It is, it is, and it is a very nice area. But you know, this doesn't really matter where you are in a in a big city. That sort of thing can happen. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and we went out. We went out kind of mid morning just to go for a walk and had to sign out at the uh, police tape, name, address. 
what time you leave in, you have to sign back in just in case we're disposing of should evidence said, or something. I don't should know. Said, should have said, you know what the address is, you cunt. You just, you're, you're fucking at it. Here, I, I live here. I live here. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do that. Um, yeah, so that was that. Uh, they've cleared it all up now, so it's, it's a shame. But uh, that was uh, yeah, interesting way to start the day. Um, in happier news... Uh, on the back of Paul's news about getting a new gadget, I've also finally splashed out on a new laptop. Ooh, hello. Um, had the previous one since, I think, 2013. So I've been going on a good nearly nearly six years. It put in a very good innings. Um, but the hinge had detached to the point where I couldn't actually close the screen anymore. So it wasn't so much a laptop as a uh, stationary laptop-esque PC. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got this new Dell XPS. Ooh, it's very sleek. Uh, weighs hardly anything at all. Can balance it on, hang on, th- three fingers. Yeah, three fingers. There we go. It's fine. Ooh. So, um, yes, I'm no longer broadcasting via my mobile telephone. I'm now back on the laptop, uh, plugged in. Hopefully, the uh, listeners will be able to tell the you difference. You do sound a bit, a bit better. Yeah, you do sound yeah. good. You sound good. Yeah. So yeah, it's very good. I've been attached to it. It's got a little fingerprint reader on the power buttons. There's none of this typing in passwords and all that shit. <laughs> press the power button and it, you're straight in there. Uh, lovely, lovely 13-inch screen that goes all the way to the edge. And uh, yeah, I'm very happy with it. And I hope to keep this one for a good five, six, seven years as well. Very nice. So, um, also this week, been getting heavily into the gym. Um, previously, um, Shell and I had a free weekend gym membership, which you can get, uh, in our area. If you're a local resident, you can sign up for a, a free membership that lets you in on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. Uh, I've had that for the last year, but then I thought, right, time to upgrade 35 quid a month. Uh, so now I'm going, uh, four or five times a week, okay. lifting those weights, clanging uh, and banging, clanging and banging and banging and clanging. Yeah. Um, it's very good, but what what I've done that I've not done before is do the kind of thing where you just focus on one body area okay. for the whole workout, like you know people do leg day, arm day, that kind of thing. Brother, T- turns out, ooh, really hard. And the day after, you can't walk. <laughs> yeah, so I've I've experienced that before. Yeah, it's yeah, you're really hammering that one muscle, and then does um, Michelle then poke you in the arm after arm day? Do that kind of thing. No. Oh, that's after me a lot. I get poked, poked in the arm. My sore arm. Oh, that's oh. not nice. Yeah. I mean, it was a very, very uh, long time ago. I've recovered since. Well, obviously, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't remember what a gym looks like, to be honest, Joe. No, I've, I could imagine. Uh, so, gym uh, is good. Also, sorry, go on. Very disrespectful. What? <laughs> you Jeez. can imagine that I don't remember what a gym looks like. Because of anyway. the fatness, is it? Anyway, um, hmm. also exciting news. Um, a few of my good friends from work have started a new uh, club called Cemetery Club. Um, okay. I was a bit sceptical at first, being mental, but um, the idea is you kind of get together and go around some of London's most historic, uh, kind of architecturally interesting cemeteries of which there are quite a few in London, obviously a big city. There's like 
seven or eight historic cemeteries. Right. Um, so last weekend, Michelle and I joined uh, with seven or eight people, had a lovely little tour around a cemetery in East London, um, absorbing the history, uh-huh. uh, enjoying the a nice stroll in a peaceful, peaceful graveyard. Um, and then went for a lovely boozy pub lunch. It was it was a delight. I'll be honest. I would heartily recommend if you've got a lovely cemetery near you, go for a little walk around it. You're not. Are there any cemeteries near here? Taking some of the history. Yeah. No, there's none here apparently. And thus ends Cemetery Club Frouse. <laughs> <laughs> cemetery right. Club. Dublin. I look at Google Maps, see where the nearest cemetery is. Yeah, you won't get the same effect from a crematorium, so don't Ooh. try that. Crematorium gets a bad review from Joe. Uh, where's the nearest one? Oh, it was way away. Hmm, how far is that? Let's see. How, how, how long would it take me to walk there from here? Uh, where do we live? Earth. Uh-huh. By walk, uh, thirty-six minute walk from here. That's not too bad. That's not far. Up Sutton Way. Oh, we probably passed when we walked to Sutton that one time. It looks pretty nice on the picture. Mm. Anyway, then we go for a little boozy lunch after. That's what um, What are we doing in the cemetery? Just looking at. You you just walk around. Walk around. Absorb the history. See if if there's any funny names. Yeah. Oh, one thing you can do as well is see. Oh my God! Look how old this guy this guy is. Let's see if we can find one that's yeah. even older. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, see oh. how many people you got in the same grave. That's a good one. Or you see one that's like Lord, whatever. Oh, it must be a Brit. Thank, yeah, most God famous. he's dead or whatever. You know. Oh, uh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, funny enough. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> Funnily enough, there's um, enough. there's uh, a Protestant church in Leakslip where, where, of course, we used to live, quite prominently placed right in the centre of uh, the village. Mm. And I don't know, it's just I, I I used to of of a of a Leakslip festival between watching r- r- two lads wrestle in the rain uh, in a car park and eating some nice sweets. We yeah, we've been in the little church and had a little look around, and it's just quite odd compared to the old Catholic churches. Because it's all Lord this and Viscount that. Very odd. Mm. Barry. So that's my week. Death and rebirth, really. Well, I do like the sound of the cemetery club. That sounds like something that um, ordinarily I wouldn't be into, but you've kind of sold me on it. Yeah, it sounds strange, but I think it's very, it's quite obviously peaceful place. Yeah. And quite timeless as well, because there's no technology or, like, advertising. It's all, you know, it could be any kind of century, just... Mm. Well, I do remember, I used to quite like going to my granddad's grave out Mm. in in Kildare. Um, Me and my brother would just walk around and, yeah, I used to quite quite like doing that. Um, So maybe maybe we can get on that. Mm. Anyway... Barry, tell us about your week there, lad. What what bit of technology did you buy? I actually don't think I 
bought any technology this week, I'm afraid. Unless, unless you count, like, you know, uh, Blu-ray discs as uh, uh, technology. I do. Because for, for some reason, I bought the, the Fast and the Furious box set of movies. Because uh, it was 20 quid. So A I shrewd like, purchase. I was like, that's, that's uh, like uh, less than three euro a movie. Uh, is it with the eight of the films or is it one of the I don't know. It's, uh, it's the seven. It's the, the previous. Mm. It's the first. Well, the eighth one is the worst one. So uh, an even shrewder purchase than previously thought. I will just never purchase that. But no, I um Yeah. So I, 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 I bought those. But that's a, that was not my uh, my life off this week. I did, in fact, because I was not on the show last week. I did go up to Belfast for OTT, Ooh. Uh, which was a fun time. Uh, the show was good. I'll talk about it later, maybe. Um, obviously, a lot of travel involved, and it was a Sunday show uh, as well. So I got up to crack of dawn. Uh, genuinely got up around like, like seven o'clock to, to get ready because I had a, a half eight train, uh, and it was including some brief downtime in Dublin along the way. It was about five and a half hours up and five and a half hours back down. Uh, so you know, not not a trip I'd be making every every month. If you know they're back in Belfast next month, uh, you know I I won't be going to that one. But you know it's it's um uh, it's not too bad. I like the train. You know I I can you know download stuff on the tablet. Watch that on the second train. The second train from Dublin to Belfast had a little drinky poo on the train. Just... Ooh, hello, hello. Little treat, little treat for Barry while he's riding the rails. What about it? The only problem is little right. Prosecco for the Barry lad. <laughs> just imagine you like a hobo sat in a, a empty carriage filled with straw. Stab bag. It's my hobo knife. Yeah, no. that's my window. Don't touch my window. The only, <laughs> the only problem is, is that uh, they've started running these Belfast shows early because I think they're they're hoping for a lot of Dublin uh, travel. Basically, there's a Dublin bus that goes up to Belfast and it literally drops you across the road from the Europa, which is the hotel where where the show is on, uh, and then it, it leaves from the Europa and goes back to Dublin city centre. So the the show starts at four and it's usually finished by it's usually well finished by eight o'clock. Um, which is good, obviously. Uh, but the, the thing is, like, I'm coming up from Limerick, so I'm like, I'm like six hours of travel. So I caught up uh, with you know, a little bit of time to spare before doors, but but not much. I kind of had to stay in the immediate area of the hotel in order to not be late for the show. So like, I didn't have time to do what I what I usually do in Dublin, which is in, when I go to Dublin for these shows, I meet up with my friends, I go somewhere nice for food, I'll go like you know. Bunsen or a Five Guys, or, you know, go somewhere or a Token or something like that. But because because I was kind of rushing and I had to stay, you know, I had to grab food sort of on my way to the show. I just had to get a poxy boojum, uh, you know, on on my way. One of my least favorite chains, you know, uh, oh, currently a, a, a boojum. Do you know a boojum in the UK? I've never heard of that. What is Boo- burger joint? I uh, know it's like a Mexican joint, isn't it? Yeah, they make burritos. Oh, and uh, tacos, and I don't think it's necessarily that they are not good. It's that I just don't really care for burritos, so I, I was kind of like, okay, yeah, I, I got to eat something before I, you know, go to the show and get drunk. Um, so I got that. Yeah, that was right. So the, the the travel, all that travel for a show that starts that early is a bit inconvenient. So is that hurt? But yeah, it was a good time. It was a good time, just, regardless. Uh, I just googled Boojum, and um, the description here says we're a casual burrito bar serving homemade Mexican food at excellent prices. The people behind Boojum, John and Karen, are complete burrito addicts. I'm, gu- I'm guessing, maybe not authentic uh, Mexican. No, John no. and Karen. Uh, ask, ask Michelle if you know a John and or Karen. 
Is John and Karen not that couple in Father Ted who are always arguing? <laughs> you shoved that burrito up your hole. <laughs> Would you ever get the guacamole, you foul bitch? <laughs> Hello, Father. Oh, would you like some tacos, would you? Father, is this a fajita you're after? Um, but yeah, so so that was that was a downside. But uh, but yeah, no, it was it was a good time, and, and it's nice to kind of just you know, uh, you know, I, I I like I say, I actually like the train quite a bit. I download my little Netflix stories and I watch them on the rails with my can of tours. And I do I do particularly uh, like that train to Belfast as well because you have your little assigned seat. You kick someone out of it. You sit down. <laughs> you have a good old time. Yeah, the Belfast train is nice. It's nicer than the the pretty much all of the Irish rail ones around our accursed land. But yeah, that was it for for, for life golf for me. Not a, not a whole lot of other news at at this juncture. Um, yeah, very good. So uh, what else do we want to chitty chat about? Well, you're the host. So you decide. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Only, only, only doing it for about ten years. Let us jump in to telling off. Uh, I watched a little something today. In fact, just before I did this show, uh, I watched the Valentine's special of Big Mouth, um, mm. which is fantastic. Uh, I think they officially called it the first episode of season three. I don't think the rest of season three is out anytime soon. But uh, but there you go. But uh, yes, very very funny. It's a double episode. So it's like forty minutes long. Uh, really, really great. Really great kind of uh, you know cynical sideways glance, as they say at, at um, Valentine's Day. And also, I always forget this about Big Mouth when I when I watch it. Really great songs. They they have really great uh, uh, musical numbers in it, and 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 this one was great as well. So thumbs way up. Really love Big Mouth. One of my favorite uh, uh, Netflix originals. Um, and another thing, uh, I want another Netflix original rather that I watched was uh, Sex Education. Uh, which you know, I was, I've got my little notepad out. I was like, "This is this will be good. This is be, this is uh, uh, something I can use." But it's actually not actually an educational show. It's uh, sort <laughs> of. A, oh, thanks, Paul. Thanks for saving me there. Um, anyway, it's it's a sort of a kind of how do you describe it? Sort of a teenage kind of black comedy type thing. It's yeah. it's kind of splitting the difference between sort of a, a, a British teen drama and an American teen drama with some dark comedy thrown in. It's about this like 16-year-old whose mom's a sex therapist and he sort of parlays his second-hand knowledge of that into therapy for uh, students at his school in exchange for money. It's all right. It's pretty good. It's, it's, it's funny. It's got a good cast. Gillian Anderson's in it as the man, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so it's solid stuff so far. I'm about four episodes in. I thought episode three was like one of the one of the better sort of single episodes of TV from, from all of last year. I thought it was really, really tremendous. Everything else was, has just been kind of pretty good so far. Uh, but yeah, so I've uh, given that a watch and, and enjoying it quite a lot. Um, and I think since the last time I was on this show, I finished Punisher, which, which ended pretty strong as well. Uh, so yeah, that's been, my, uh, that's been my TV guff this week. What about you, Les? What are you watching? I also watched a Big Mouth special. Um, not not usually a fan of the show. It's not, not that I dislike it, but it's just not my cup of tea necessarily. But I did watch the um, Valentine's Day special because Michelle's a big fan. Uh, and it was very funny. I did enjoy it. It's a very uh, disgustingly funny show. <laughs> um, yeah. With lots of kind of gross humour. But uh, yeah, I would recommend that. Um also watched, so finished off maybe a week or two ago, uh, Big Little Lies, the HBO series with all your ladies in it, all your ladies, Reese Witherspoons, 
and uh, Nicole Kidman's uh, Zoe, what's her name, and all of those. Um, very good. Quite, quite, I actually, um, the, the ending was kind of what I thought it would be. No big shocks, um, but still quite well done and quite enjoyed enjoyed the series overall. Uh, I know they're doing a series two, which I'm not entirely sure about, because I think it worked very well as a kind of self-contained miniseries. Uh, and doing a follow-up kind of feels like a, well, it was popular. We better do another one. Um, but we've not really got a lot to say in the second one. But um, anyway, never know. We'll watch it. Um, yeah, that was good. And we also rewatched uh, The Trip, starring Steve Coogan and Mr. Rob Braden. Mm. And uh, many impressions, such as Mr. Anthony Hopkins and Michael Caine. Well, I've, I haven't heard of Michael Caine, but I assume it's something like, my name is Michael Caine. Caine properly. <laughs> you see, because sometimes it feels very softly like that. And I, master, I will not bury another Batman. And then he, and he goes loud. He goes very loud indeed. And then he goes loud and he gets angry. And, then, and, and, you, and you don't do the broken says when you get upset. So, yeah, we're on the, the third one, the trip to Spain. Uh, which is yeah very good so that's very good and that's the my tv for the week lovely i've watched uh i finished key and peel oh yes all five seasons which is why i watched their oscar movies yet um quite liked it uh as i mentioned when i last spoke about i guess i was maybe on season two or three um i think it is hit and miss i think it does hit more often than it misses though and i think Jordan Peele and Keegle Michael Key are both likable hosts and are funny guys, undoubtedly. And uh, yeah, I, I think I think for the most part, I, th- I I I did enjoy. I thought it was very very good. I'm going to seek out Keanu now and watch that because that was obviously their kind of follow up movie, which was uh, written, directed, etc. by themselves and people who are involved in the Key and Peele series. So I'm looking forward to that uh, in the lead up to us. Which is coming out ah, in yes. a couple of months, and I'm on the bandwagon for that. But Key and Peel, thumbs up. Very much enjoyed it. Very easy show to, to get into and to watch. The only problem I had with it was um on the Netflix where I watched it with a, a wink wink. Um <laughs> the first three seasons I had were were um uncensored, and then the remaining two seasons were bleeped. And it's very hard to go from an uncensored version to a bleeped version. Yeah. Still great, still funny, but I was kind of like, oh, why can't this just be like the other ones? But it's very, very good. And I'm currently watching a series called Nirvana, the band, the show. Okay. Which is a Canadian mockumentary comedy series, uh, which is very, very good. And I highly recommend. It's... um. It's uh, about two kind of schlubby guys who who have a band who are trying to get a show at their local um, venue, let's say. But the the real kind of charm of the show is that it they use fair use to like the extreme mm. with um, like video game references and movie references and so on. Um, and there's a good interview with them. On YouTube, if you if you if you search Nirvana the band the show, uh, and even you can guess by the name that Nirvana the band the show is kind of hinting at that, they do a full interview about fair use and how they can kind of get away with doing so much. And it's like, as long as something is integral to the narrative of the show, 
and nothing else would do that they can use it under fair use. Like that's obviously paraphrasing, but so they have stuff like um, GoldenEye music, and uh, they play Mario Kart on it and stuff. And it's, it's all it's all shown. It's all in the show. It's very mm. very funny, very very good. Um, so I've watched. They they did originally a web series from. Uh, 2007 to 2009, and lately they did two series on Viceland, which of course now is kind of oh yeah in the, in the midst of closing down. But the, apparently oh, yeah. there's, there's a season three on the way. It's on Channel Four's on-demand service as well. The, mm. the two series, um, it's got a little like Flight of the Concords to it. It's like a it's it's obviously much rougher around the edges because it was originally just a web series they made themselves with their friends. Um, but very funny, very good. I I one of my favorite YouTube videos that I reference quite often is called Update Day. Which is uh, they them singing to the Wii Shop song, um, and that's one of the little web shorts they put out. They're very very good. Uh, so that's Nirvana, the band, the show. Um, if you look on their Reddit or on the Reddit for Nirvana, the band, the show, I think there's like a Google Drive where you can get the entire web series and the two series of the show. And uh, big recommendation for me. I like it a lot. That was interesting. I actually have one other show that I forgot to mention, which uh, I know we've talked about before, but I managed to polish off in the last few weeks. That is American Vandal. Oh, uh, yes. Series one of, of the Netflix original show. Um, which I know people going on about for quite a long time. I know Barry was a, a big fan. Um, I was like, eh, sounds all right. Eh, sounds all right. Finally watched it. Oh, what a show. Oh, yes. so funny. So, so funny. Um, kind of mockumentary true crime about a teenager who is falsely accused or is he falsely accused of spray painting dicks on a bunch of cars in the school car park um, it was really funny really kind of kind of fresh felt different as well um, do you often see kind of mockumentaries done in the uh, kind of fly on the wall style uh, like the office and you know parks and recs that kind of thing uh, which is often quite cheap way to film as well because it's just like handheld cameras and you, you know it's not as stylized. But I can't think of another kind of mockumentary that's actually done this very different documentary style, which is like the, the kind of true crime uh, yeah. documentary. Um, so that felt really, really kind of different, really original. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Thought it was really well done. The ending I thought was was kind of fantastic as well. Didn't disappoint um there's one bit involving cpr which was a bit off but i'll let that go because overall i'd I'd definitely get a a nine out of ten uh and really really looking forward to watching season two as well yes season two is is again a pleasant surprise in the sense that i I wasn't sure they could follow up but it's it's great it's really great Mm. Mm. Um, good uh good little bit of telegoff this week Mm. Um, I think next week Paul mentioned uh, Viceland there, formerly of Viceland. I'm fairly sure Desus and Mero is coming back this week, which I'm very excited about. Okay. I love Desus and Mero. They're on Showtime now. Yeah. Um, so if, they, if, they, if I am correct, I might, I'll probably talk about that next week. But anyway. Oh, no, not next week. I'm not here next week. Oh. No, i doing it again. Fuck. Okay, anyway. Uh, let us talk instead. Where do we go next? We got lots of movies to talk about. Let's jump into the movies. I saw some. I saw a good movie, an alright movie, and a shit movie. Uh, let's start at the very good movie I saw. This is my Oscar season thingy, except not really. I just wanted to see it. I saw the favorite. Ooh, I'm looking forward to seeing that one. That's like one of the only one of three of the Oscar movies I haven't seen that I want to see. 
Now, I th- I thought this was fantastic. Uh, it's it's kind of odd. It's, it's a kind of it, there's a there's a, a weirdly irreverent kind of tone to it in a lot of ways, which I was kind of surprised by. Um, it is kind of a a it's it's the the tone is kind of all over the place, but like in an, in an intriguing way. There's a, there's a sort of political intrigue to it, but it's also kind of very very. Uh, uh, kind of there's a kind of oddball humor to it as well. Emma Stone is fantastic in it. Uh, I thought it was like it is one of the the best looking movies I've seen in years. I mean, it's just so beautifully shot and and, and like all the costumes, every like almost every scene is just really, really, really striking and it flows really well. Uh, the, the the central sort of dynamic didn't quite grab me. In, uh, to, to make me think it was like this excellent like five star classic or anything. The the premise of the film basically is that um, uh, you have Queen Anne and uh, one of her her best friends, who's basically her right hand woman, and her her best friend's lowly cousin, uh, kind of uh, makes her way to the castle in seek of work. She just you know to be a, a kitchen sort of handmaid, and that's the Emma Stone character, and she sort of gradually kind of politics her way into the inner circle. Uh, and they they kind of vie for the position of, funnily enough, the queen's favorite, um, and and we, you kind of go from there. Um, and 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 that, that dynamic between the three of those characters is is good, but not 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 uh, quite as 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 gripping as I thought. I kind of more enjoyed the movie as a kind of sort of bleakly funny, very very stylish uh, sort of sort of period comedy, for lack of a better term. But yeah, very very good. Uh, Paul, I think you'll like it quite a lot. Uh, uh, very very entertaining. Uh, something uh, going into sort of the mid-tier uh, I saw Mary Queen of Scots with Saoirse Ronan and Margot Robbie um, which is a much more sort of by the numbers period drama um, uh, you know it is telling the story of Mary Queen of Scots that is pretty much it um, it's 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 decently written and and it you know it, it looks okay and i think Saoirse Ronan is good i think margot robbie is excellent in it although she's shockingly underfeatured i thought um which I, I was a little disappointed by um but it's it's okay it's it's it is not any kind of obligatory watch uh, you would kind of think given some of the players involved and that it's this you know kind of these you know a kind of larger than life historical tale that it, it might be the smash hit thing uh, you know, I remember when I saw the trailer for it, I was like, oh, I wonder if that will be an Oscar movie. And it's really not. It's, it's, it's really not. It's, it's one of those things that if if uh, if you're if you're interested in like the actors and you think, you, you know, uh, you, you think it would exist in a, in, a, in a genre you'd you've already predisposed to like, go see it. But everyone else, it's it's not mandatory, but it's all right. It was it was a solid watch. Uh, and then I saw Escape Room. Um, which is kind of the latest in a, you know. Uh, the latest movie where some marketing executives saw this this buzzword that was around for a while and said, "Yeah, we'll 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 fart out a movie about this." <laughs> uh, uh, it was, of course, Sony who also put out Slenderman, so that's good. Uh, uh, so that's it. So, but yeah, this is basically kind of a faux saw movie uh, where the premise is. These six people go to this escape room to win ten thousand um, dollars, and of course, it's like, uh, for, for lack of a better term, it's like a real escape room. It's like, no, you have to f- figure these puzzles out or you'll die. 
Um, really, other than the premise, though, it's really not much of a of a saw like movie because it's actually not very gory. It's very very tame. It, it, it's rated fifteen, and I was talking to someone about this after I saw it. If they cut out some of the swearing, they probably could have got it down to a twelve. It's a very 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 tame movie. Uh, it is not any kind of gory uh, uh, exploitation film. There's really not much suspense or dread. It's kind of just. A, a very middling kind of uh, uh, escape the haunted house, for lack of a better phrase, adventure. Uh, yeah, and, and there's, there's a handful of interesting ideas in there, but, but not enough to, to make it worth seeing. Yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a dud. Uh, so that, that was Escape Room. So those are my movies this week. Uh, a big recommendation to the favorite, uh, uh, you know, a, a somewhat recommendation for Mary Queen of Scots. And, uh, you could, of course, skip over the Escape Room. Okay, I saw just the two. Uh, for this week, both Oscar nominees on my list. Ooh. So, so first of all, I saw Green Book. Oh yeah, starring Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, um, which tells a story of a mm, let's say gangster affiliated bodyguard who, because of the where the club he's working. Uh, it's close for renovations. Takes takes on the job uh, of a driver for a uh, black concert pianist. This is, of course, at a time. I think it, I think the movie is set in like the late forties, somewhere around there. So, um, uh, and, and I mean, there's been a lot of comparisons to stuff like Driving Miss Daisy, which I think is kind of obvious. Uh, so. The movie is is kind of goes in directions that you, you you expect it to. I don't think there's there's that many surprises. Like you you know there's going to be a scene where some some uh, white guy is going, "Why are you driving the black guy around?" And then there's going to be a scene where the black guy gets beat up by white guys. And then you know those all happen in the movie. It's it's it kind of predictable in that sense. But what puts the movie above what otherwise would be kind of a predictable safe. Oscar bait movie is is two central uh, performances which are very very good. Um, Mahershala Ali in particular, I think, is probably going to win another Oscar for his performance here. Viggo Mortensen also excellent. Um, so I think in that sense, it's kind of like a, another Dallas Buyers Club, which is like a movie that is essentially carried by two excellent lead performances that, in in another person's hands or in an, with another casting might just be one of your kind of, as you say, by the numbers, you know, nothing-y movie. But um, no, I thought it was um, that was very, very good, specifically as a performance movie. Like, it's it's not a movie that you go really for the, the story or the narrative, because as I mentioned, in that sense, it's kind of plain. But um, some, some really wonderful performances in there. Yeah, it, it looked from the trailers, it did kind of look like it was that kind of on-the-nose, you could sort of guess the... the, the it is, yeah, and to an extent it is, even like right up to the the very like climax of the movie. Um, yeah, like Mahershala Ali is tremendous, I think I'd watch him in pretty he, much anything. He's, so. he's excellent in it, to be fair. Yeah, And and I mean, there are, there are nice moments in there, it, it is quite a funny film, like, um, we laughed quite a few times, and... I, I think the chemistry between the two leads is there as well. It's not just that the performances are good, but they kind of play off each other very well. And, um, I mean, there is one one aspect to it which kind of raises maybe newer questions, which is that it's not just 
um, a white man and a black man, but it's a black man who is from a position of wealth. So he's at, like simultaneously ostracized by white society, but in, also by by black people society. So he's he's kind of uh, between. Um, just on the on, on the subject of uh, Ali is not nominated for best actor. He isn't. Is uh, he? Well, the nominees are Bradley Cooper, Willem Dafoe, Rami Malek, Viggo Mortensen, and Christian Bale. No, he's he's. I think he's up for supporting actor. That's but he's. A I, I know. Actor, is that, that's okay. You are okay. Wow, you're actually correct. That makes no sense. Okay. Um, I think that's more uh, just to do with the way that the film production companies put the people forward for the awards. Uh, okay. Yeah, but actually, looking looking at, I mean, I think he would probably win Best Actor if he was in with those. But you're you're absolutely correct in that he is a lead actor in the film. He's in in no sense a supporting actor in those awards. But also, stupid arbitrary. Look, looking at supporting actor, I think he'd win that anyway because he's up against Adam Driver, Sam Rockwell, Sam Elliott for A Star Is Born. Sam Elliott has like three scenes in that movie. I don't know what's up with that. Well, that's and, uh, that's Richard, a real supporting actor. <laughs> you know? Yeah, R- R- Richard E. Grant for Can You Ever Forgive Me, which I, I want to see that as well. That looks really good. Uh, yeah, I think I think I haven't without even having seen Green Book yet. I'd imagine Ali wins that. Adam Driver didn't didn't do much for me in in Black Trans. Mm, no, no I, th- I think Ali is probably going to be the shoe in for that one. Um. So yeah, definitely worth a watch. Um, uh, and speaking of, can you ever forgive me? I also watched that. Oh right, okay, go on. <laughs> um, very similar to Green Book in a sense that it's quite a plain movie elevated by two very good performances. <laughs> a lot of similarities between two. I think Richard E. Grant is is very good in Can You Ever Forgive Me. I think Melissa McCarthy is very good in it, but I don't know that it's to the extent that. Um, that I would really deem it like an Oscar-worthy performance or like a breakout performance. She's very right. good. She's very serviceable. Um, and that's even with me going in with my kind of anti-Melissa McCarthy bias. I, I think she's very good in it. I think she has moments that she has got like a real pathos in it. But um, it's not like a Mahershala Ali or, uh, you know, one of those, or I don't know, like um, one that I, I was a big fan of a few years ago was... Uh, Anne Hathaway in Le Miserable. Like, it's not one of those performances that you watch and you go, wow, look, this is someone like at the top of their game, at the top of their craft. It's just a very good performance. Richard E. Grant, I would say, is, is the stronger of the two performances in it. Um, and yeah, the story, again, is kind of like... Melissa McCarthy plays um, uh, an author on, who's kind of on hard times. Her books aren't selling, and so she finds a, a, an old letter written by... Um, by a celebrity and so she sells that to the book uh, a bookstore and realizes that she can kind of make money through doing that so she starts to write the letters herself like forging them because she's a writer and that's kind of fulfilling her creative um output but also obviously she's making money for uh, from it she eventually kind of gets caught uh and then richard e grant gets involved as kind of a offense for her to sell on her behalf and the film goes from there but um yeah, I mean, again, narratively, it, it, was, it was kind of okay. It's not a film that I think I'll really remember that much this time next year. But um, performance is very good. And you know, both of the films, Green Book and Can You Ever Forgive Me, I, I enjoyed both of them. I'd say I enjoyed Green Book more. Green Book's probably, up with Stan and Ollie, the best films I've seen so far this year. Can You Ever Forgive Me, I think, is like a level below that. Um, but again, yeah, Melissa McCarthy, good. And Richard E. Grant, very good. 
and uh, yeah, that's a, that that that's what I watched this week. So I'm 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 looking forward specifically now to get the favorite watch that you you talked about, Barry, and also Roma. I really want to see. And the third of the films I'm looking forward to is If Beale Street Could Talk by Barry Jenkins. Yes, I was going to mention that this week. I'm very excited. And then all the other movies I don't give a shite about, but I will watch them because <laughs> they're Oscar mm-hmm. nominated. Um, yeah, if Beale Street could talk out on Valentine's Day, I'd wish to go on my own to that bad boy because I don't want to be spoken to. And uh, <laughs> I imagine there'll be f-ing nobody there watching it. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. <laughs> so that's all the movies I watched anyway. Uh, I watched a few. Um, I watched. Uh, Atonement, the um, James McAvoy Kira Knightley movie. It's only been out twelve years, so I thought I'd you know no rush. No rush. Um, but yeah, Michelle loves it, so I was going, Oh Atonement. So we watched it. Um it's good. I quite enjoyed it. I think for me the characters were all very straightforward in it. There's not there's not a lot of um depth exactly. It's, it's more I think about the story and about the kind of intrigue into that I guess. But yeah it was it was fine. Uh, we also watched a film that I've been looking forward to seeing, uh, American Animals. Mm. Um, this is a movie about four kind of college kids who uh, carry out a heist in their university library and steal a kind of the most, I think it's the most valuable book in America. It's a book of artwork worth sort of $13 million or something like that. Really kind of interesting because it doesn't uh, kind of glamorize or glorify the crime in the way and a lot of sort of true crime ad- adaptations do uh, in fact quite the opposite it kind of shows just how harrowing and torturous committing a crime actually is uh for the for the people who are the victims as well as the people who are actually doing it um and some, some really good performances in that as well um it's it's kind of interesting because they it's not just an adaptation they actually uh kind of weave documentary uh, through the film so the actual uh, real life individuals that are involved are interviewed and that's kind of uh, sprinkled quite quite deftly as well it doesn't ever feel sort of abrupt and they kind of cut away to them and, and hear their opinion and then we, we see the kind of fictionalized version yeah really really good I'd, I'd recommend it uh, really kind of tense film not an easy watch at, at times but uh, really really interesting really kind of interesting uh, characters and the story and the way it plays out uh, so that's big thumbs up for that uh also watched a documentary on netflix called shirkers um kind of similar to american animals in a way in that it blends an actual movie with kind of documentary um so it's a documentary about a woman in singapore who when she was sort of the late teens early 20s made a, a feature film with some friends of hers and with this kind of slightly mysterious guy that she'd met who helped them make the movie and it, it talks about their experience filming it and then this guy kind of absconding with all the, the film that they that they captured, all the, all the footage. And how essentially she kind of put, this was her, her passion project, she put everything she had, all of her money and time into making this film. And then it, it was lost for, for kind of years and years. And it's, it kind of tells the story of, of how that happened and and. and how her life kind of went off after that. Really interesting film, uh, Shirkers. I on Netflix. I'd heartily recommend that. Um, yeah, some very interesting movies this week. Hmm. Good, good mix. There you go. Alrighty. Uh, what about Paul? Yeah. What about the video games? See these video games that are out these days. These kids are playing. Oh, I play oh. some of them myself. 
Let me let me tell you, crazy. I haven't gone back to Resident Evil Two. Um, uh, I think I talked about that the last time I was on the show. That'll tell you how long it's been since I got back to it. I need to get back to it soon. I was enjoying the hell out of it. I've just been very busy, uh, and I got distracted by Apex Legends, which came out this week. Ooh, uh, boy. Well, you've never you've never touched a battle royale game in any capacity, have you? Nope, don't care about them, baby. Uh, I like this one. Um, I kind of got into the um, with uh, Call of Duty Blackout. So this is a battle royale game made by the Titanfall people. Of course, Titanfall Two, one of my favorite one of my favorite games of this entire generation. That's right, I said it. I agree with uh, you. I agree. Uh, superb video game now do i wish these people were making not necessarily they don't have to make titanfall 3 but do i wish they were making like a regular team deathmatch game or something that i could just play without having it having it be a battle royale sure but as battle royale games go i think this is pretty damn fun uh, so it plays a little bit like titanfall there's no wall running so they've toned it down a little bit but you can slide you're you're pretty nimble with your jumps and stuff like that like and it's it's super satisfying to play as all the guns are are, are satisfying to play with um so basically uh, uh, you know you know the premise 100 players or no sorry 60 players in this case drop on a map you got to find your own weapons uh the the play area encloses in on you and it's the last team surviving wins the basic premise but basically they've uh, they've tacked on some little quality of life things uh, uh in this game uh, obviously in a battle royale game you're doing lots of sneaking around trying to get the drop on enemies making sure they don't get the drop on you uh this game has an all-purpose ping button which basically if you see an enemy in the distance you smash r1 and you'll automatically send a notification to your teammates hey there's a dude in that direction likewise you know you got to share your your resources you got to help your teammates find backpacks and ammo and health and all this other stuff if, if you have a backpack and you find a spare in, in the wild you tap r1 it sends a, a message to your teammates hey i got a backpack over here little things like that that encourage you to play the game without having to talk to randos which i appreciate because <laughs> uh, the other thing about this game and i think this is why they went to the bother of implementing this system is that this is a mandatory squad based game you have to play with three people uh there's no singles mode there's no doubles there's no nothing this is you, you play with three people or you don't play at all uh and and you can split away from your group if you so choose but it's you know in the first week the game's been out the 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 meta as it were has been established that if you go it alone you're not going to make it so um so you got to play with people but they've incorporated really 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 solid intuitive ways to communicate this this stuff uh to your teammates because when i'm playing uh, the Call of Duty Battle Royale game with my buddies and my people I actually know. I got my headset on, and if I'm getting shot from you know the west of where I'm currently based, I'm looking at my my compass at the top of the screen. I'm saying, oh, oh, they're they're coming from this direction. They're coming from that direction, or or you know, I get separated from the group, and I'm like, hey, I have gear here that you might need. Uh, the game has has woven that into its actual UI in a way that's super satisfying and very well done. Uh, and other than that, it's just, you know, it's a solid little free-to-play battle royale game. I, I recommend it to anyone who, who's into the genre. Um, yeah, that's that's um, that's my, uh, uh, my my games for this week, just that. And uh, I'll get back to, to RE2 at some point in the near future. What about you? Oh, where do I begin? Right, well, first of all, playing a little game uh, called Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. So I beat the World of Light. In the end, okay. Uh, beat it with a ninety-six point two six percent completion. Jesus, <laughs> twenty-two hours took me. Uh, space is cleared five hundred ninety-two. Uh, I'm still playing Smash Brothers despite beating World of Light. What I'm doing now is I'm doing 
classic mode. I'm going to try and beat classic mode with every player in the game. So I've already done it with about 15 characters, give or take. Um, now, I'm under no illusions that I'm going to 100% the game in any sense, or, or even collect all the spirits, right? I want to at least get all the music, because there's like 876 tracks in the game. I have already 803, so that's doable for me. I have 808 spirits unlocked of the 1300 that are in the game. Uh, so I've definitely got my money's worth out of Smash Brothers. I've, I'm on mm. 30 hours or so into it, right? Enjoying that a lot. Um, also beat Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu. Finished the Pokedex, 150. Done. Done ski. Beat that one. I don't know, but I, I quite like check... I, I play a lot of checklisty games lately. Um, 100% of Assassin's Creed uh, Odyssey. 100% of Spider-Man. 100%ed Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, 96%ed Smash Bros. Um, uh, quite enjoyed both of those games. Uh, Pokemon in particular is is definitely um, feels like a half step more than anything. There's a lot of stuff that works really well in it that I hope they carry forward in the series. On the other hand, I, I've spoken before about like my frustrations with the lack of ambition with the game, but I understand what the game is, and, and it's not really the next step in the series. So I'm, I'm going to reserve my my judgment until that comes out. Undoubtedly, I have the same criticisms though. And Smash, um, Smash, I love, but you know, it's it's the same as the series has always been. It's not really anything new. Um, but it's, I don't. Know, I, I I quite like playing it. And challenge mode. I can beat challenge mode with a specific character in like 10, 15 minutes. So even on the train to work, I'll play it twice. You know, <laughs> and I'll unlock my rewards, get some spirits, get some music. Etc. Etc. I also started playing Into the Breach on the Switch. Um, I I definitely enjoy it. I I almost wish though that it wasn't um, a roguelike, but that it was more just something like Advance Wars, where you just progress, 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 instead of having to restart the whole time. Because I find that um, it 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 doesn't encourage me. It actively, in fact, discourages me from spending more time with it because there's not that real feeling of progression um i understand that you can have you know your your pilot or whatever once you go back you kind of keep their stat upgrades and everything but i wish there was maybe more of a straightforward narrative push to it i think that would interest me more as far as the gameplay goes i really enjoy playing it i'd say i've played it maybe three or four hours um but it's definitely kind of it's definitely kind of um abstruse if you're not familiar with as i'm not for instance with like roguelikes or or that style of game it's definitely kind of hard at initially to get grip to grips to especially as as you're not used to the you know lack of progression you kind of have to accept accept it for what it is and, and get into it but the 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 game to game mechanics of the little chess like um puzzles i i, I do really enjoy those and I, I i think it's very very good um, but yeah, I, don't I, 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 really, I really struggled with it, and I, I still haven't gone back to it. I think since I first talked about it on this show, it was yeah. just too much for me. I think. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I think um, there's there's going to be there's going to be a lot of people who just can't get to grips with it, not because of any kind of difficulty, but just because of the, the way the game is, is structured and the mechanics of it. I don't know that it's a game that I'm going to spend necessarily ten, fifteen, twenty hours playing. It might be just something that 
like dip it here and there but um i got it for cheap anyway because it was on sale so i feel like whatever amount of time i spend with it i'll have got my money's worth and i've the time i've spent with it, i have enjoyed like i say i just wish it was more more straightforward in fact almost completely the opposite of my criticism of pokemon um because i'd love to um just progress through the game and, and unlock special abilities and i feel like because of the way that it is it's it's either going to take me too long to get to that point or i, I just will never get there so it, it, again it's kind of actively discouraging in that way but it is good. It's definitely very good. And uh, I promise this week I will get back. Because po- Pokemon's done. Smash is done. I will get back this week to Red Dead Redemption. It's going to happen. Because mm. I got that for Christmas and I've played it for half an hour. So I'm going to get past that one hour barrier at least. Because the half hour I played of it I really did like. But... um other games appeared let's say so i will this week i will get back to that and play a little bit of that that's all the games all righty uh, i believe joe has an email i do have an email this is uh it's from scott mcavoy who uh, i think he sent this quite a while ago but I'm, i missed it <laughs> dear joe who do you think <laughs> is going to win the world rumble <laughs> um Joe, do you think Cody Rhodes be anything if he leaves WWE? <laughs> um, he says, subject to your of the year podcast. Uh, good evening, Joe. I'm rather surprised that in match of the year, the Ricochet versus Adam Cole match didn't get at least an honourable mention. Uh, likewise, for performer of the year, Velveteen Dream didn't also get a mention. He is quickly rising up the ranks and my favourite wrestlers to watch. Even the Dream versus Ricochet match was better than I thought it would be. Well, that, that was my match of the year. <laughs> so, great minds think alike. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I do like Velveteen Dream. I just haven't watched that much of him. I think this year will definitely kind of ascend from the pack a bit more. Um, surely be a, an honorable mention at least next year. Um, he also says on a topic that you can discuss without Barry being bored. Who looks to be strongest in the Premier League this year? Who Ooh. do you think will get relegated? Well, do you mean the Premier League this year, meaning 2019? Because if so, ooh, little team called Man United, baby. Glory, Hello. glory, Man United. <laughs> Winning every game. Don't mind if I do. Well, hold Apart on. Apart from that mean, one draw, that one time. Well, don't worry about that. Nah, 10, um, 10 out of 11 is not too bad. I mean, all I'm saying is, Paul, uh, 16 points from six games in 2019. Mm. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I'm going to say they need to add a fourth statue to the old uh, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton statue outside Old Trafford. Little baby-faced assassin statue. Yeah, please go on. Yeah, yeah. I Uh, like that. Are we celebrating a little bit prematurely, Joe, do you think? No. No? Fuck it. <laughs> Fourth had, in the league. That'll we've be. had five years of stodge. So let's <laughs> just enjoy a bit, of, uh, a bit of release. Yeah. Well, I mean, as um, far as the season goes, obviously City and Liverpool are still flying. Although, albeit with the occasional stumble. I would say, yeah. I think I'd almost kind of load myself into a full sense of security 
with City losing sort of a few games in, in short succession. Yeah. But outside of that, they've actually been fantastic. And obviously today, 6-0 against Chelsea. Yeah. Pretty, pretty miraculous. Um, so, yeah, City look really, really strong. Now at the top of the league. Liverpool obviously been strong pretty much all season. Um, it's going to be an interesting title. One of the probably best, closest title races in many a year, I would say. Probably since mm. United City. It's funny because I've been saying that Liverpool are going to win it since since before the season began. Because my, my take was mm. that you know Liverpool's problem historically had been the defence and the goalkeeper. And I, I feel like they've got very good defence, very good goalkeeper. So Van Dijk, Alisson, even Robertson. Um, they got some very good players. However, I, you know, I'm going to stick with my pick of Liverpool. However, I think they have some issues of of squad depth in the same way that Spurs do. Like, if Salah mm. gets injured for a month, let's say, I think they're going to struggle a little bit. Whereas City yeah. rotates so often that yeah, whatever happens, they have their pretty much their backups ready to go. You know, sure. Nice to see Arsenal and Chelsea completely cave in already at this stage of the season but I know it's wonderful it's wonderful very very nice for um, us in terms of relegation I think Huddersfield, Huddersfield are gone Huddersfield definitely yeah they're 13 points off safety and they've only got 11 points so far this season so I don't think they're gonna get make up 13 points I don't think they'll even get 13 points let alone make up 13 points uh, by the end of the season <laughs> Fulham in big trouble uh, I think they'll go down uh, apologies to Tony Khan. I know he listens to all the wrestling podcasts, but uh, whatever, mon- whatever money ball magic you're doing there, it's not working. I'd uh, stick to wrestling. Yeah. Um, and I think it's really, it's really tricky other than that, because you've got probably five teams uh, that could go for that, that final spot. Um, I don't think Southampton are looking particularly good. I would say either them or Cardiff. Yeah. I, I think Cardiff will be the ones to go. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you're, you're asking about cart <coughs> I think that was just a, a, a well timed what she's reading something what? on her phone Emma died oh a guinea pig died the youngest oh. one hmm okay um that's the emails and I predict that Bournemouth are going to finish mid table okay put your yeah. bets on that uh, reminds we, me of, uh, while I while I was on the train and I download I very slowly getting through it, but I watched another episode of uh, Sunderland till I die. Oh yes, yep. good show. Really, really enjoy. It. Very very watchable for a, for a non fan like me. It's it's uh, very good. Um, anything else there, Joe? Uh, no, that's it. Should we talk wrestling? Yes. Oh, if we must. Sorry. So, uh, let me see here. I, I want to lead off with this, actually. Paul, did you watch the, uh, the David Starr, Jordan Devlin OTT video? Of course. Whoo, Oh, boy. I just I watched that bad boy, and then I hit the restart button, and I just whipped the old pants off. And I watched that bad boy again. Good grief. I already bought tickets, but when I watched it, I said, where's my wallet? I got to buy more. I have yeah, 17 I, tickets for the show now. <laughs> I, uh, God, I almost feel like it has to go on last now. It has to. It has to be the main event. Because I mean, if you, anything else is just going to be a huge letdown. The cage match has to open. 
I think the cage match goes on last before intermission. It, but it takes them a uh, fucking hour to put it up. Well, maybe they'll have it quicker this time. I don't know. Were you at the the first cage match show? I was. I was not at the first one. I was it not. It took the first them. One. It took them forever to get that cage up. So I'm thinking. I heard. I heard quite a while. I'm thinking just have the cage match open with the cage already up, and then you just take it down. You know. That you know what? That's probably actually not a bad idea. I suppose because because they've got three. They basically got three heavily promoted matches and then the undercard is like a kind of basically like a super indie card it's like a bunch of just like names so the fact uh, that the the pack walter match is non-title to me is like there's no stakes and, and there's no ott kind of favorite in it so i i think if that goes on last it'll kind of be a bit of a wet fart not that the match won't be good well, but it's like Pac's, Pac's also working heel everywhere he goes, and it's like you can't be a heel against Walter and OTT right now. You just can't. Um, and but Dev, and also, Devlin Star is where all the is where all the heat is, and where all the the crowd investment is. That surely has to go on last, especially like you have comparisons with the video they put out. Comparisons to like Rock Austin at seventeen. You can't just have that go on semi main event or whatever. You know, it'd be stupid. Um, Joe, have you seen this video? No, not yet. Oh, okay. I, th- I think you'll love it. It's it, you can you can just drop in and watch it. Like, cause it, it the whole thing is context for a feud anyway, so you don't need any pre context for it. But God, it's mm. so fucking great. It really is. Um, um, yeah, just a really, really tremendous, tremendous production. David Starr is just unbelievable. He's an incredible, incredible wrestler. Um, such a yeah, it came off as a very natural kind of promo and actor in this video. I mean, uh, there's the, there's so much. It's like a home run on all these fronts. I thought both the lads gave great performances. The story is great, and obviously, it's just the the, the craftsmanship of how the video is made is just insanely great. Uh, better than the 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 Walter Devlin video, which at the time was mind blowing. Um, uh, yeah, I can't wait because I remember for for WrestleRama for the first Walter Devlin match, they they played that video again in the building. And even though we'd all seen it before, everyone just got fired up when they were watching it, and they got so excited for the entrances. And I'm like, I'm I'm looking forward to that same feeling again uh, uh, next Sunday because I'm sure they'll play it again. Um, but yeah, so if you even if you've never ever watched OTT, you really don't need to at all. But go to their YouTube channel and watch the uh, the title of it. I think is OTT and Sean Ryan, who is the editor, uh, presents uh, David Starr versus Jordan Devlin. It's just a tremendous video recapping a tremendous feud. Um, yeah, and so yeah, that that shows next weekend. We don't really have to do a full preview here because I, I kind of feel like it's a one match show in terms of like stakes. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and matches of real importance. Walter Pock, I feel like both those guys are super talented, but there's there's nothing on the line. And like I said, you know, Pock is kind of this, he's working heel everywhere he goes, so I don't, I don't know what the chemistry there will be like. Um, but on the undercard, then you've got lots of, lots of really solid stuff. We, we've, we talked about... I like the gender-neutral match in particular. Yeah, that's cool. Seeing Andrew Everett is is, is cool. I, I that was kind of a name that I didn't even really expect or I'd kind of forgotten about, to be honest, because he's had a quiet you know few years, been in kind of milling around at impact for a while but that should be a blast i think i think most of the stuff should be good it's just that there's not a uh uh you know a, a lot of story stuff on the other card uh more than hype versus charlie sterling and the anti-fun police um will probably be fun yeah, it's funny though is i feel like the anti-fun police have actually never gotten over any of the times they've come to ott hmm. um even though you kind of think they would but uh but yeah 
uh, Eerie and and Ilya Dragunov should be should be a blast. I actually was I started a WXW catch up there last week, and uh, Eerie is, is is super talented. Um, yeah, I, I think that card is good. I think we we aired our grievances about the cage match uh, last time I was on the show. I mean, uh, to be fair, if you if you cast your mind back to um, Scrapper Mania three, Barry, do you remember what was the best match on that show? It was nope. it was the lads from the flats against the kings of the north. So, That's true. So, yeah, it'll probably be good. It's just it just like I think the build up of what for what the cage match was going to be was a bit of a it was it was ultimately a let a letdown finding out that, that that's what the cage match was but sure look so we look forward to uh, that. yeah that's, that's that's the funny thing about that cage is that like that that's a fine cage match if they did a bit more build up for it rather than just last second there on contenders two weeks ago throwing out an angle you know do you know what i mean it was yeah. it was you know in, in theory a kings versus lads cage match is fine but uh, i think it's one of yeah. the drawbacks almost of the way their business model works is that they had to announce the cage match before announcing the match. Whereas if they just announced, if they did, they, they, they could do an angle and announce a match and say, and it's going to be in a cage, you know, but they, they didn't do it that way. It was, they announced there is a cage match. And then we all in our imaginations, in our minds, was, Oh, what's the cage match going to be? It's going to be this, going to be this. And then ultimately the reveal was, that it was going to be that's from the fast Kings in the North, as you say. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Uh, one thing I think is interesting is they they've advertised Osprey and Scotty Davis for Scrapper Mania in March uh, as as appearing, uh, and they are tagging on this show. So I wonder if that's actually going to be a new team. Because mm. uh, uh, I was wondering, like, why you know why why they why have they um, uh, hit the brakes on More Than Hype? Because uh, More Than Hype also lost in Belfast. I'm not going to do a full rundown of the Belfast show. It was, it was a good show. Uh, but there was not there's not a whole lot of newsworthy stuff. But they lost to Maxer and Michael May. Hmm. Uh, it seems like they've they've slowed their roll on More Than Hype a little bit. And I was wondering if maybe that's because, okay, will they're putting a pin in More Than Hype versus Kings. They're going to come back to that down the line. And I wonder if maybe the, the, the summer feud will be they're going to build up Osprey and Davis as a team. Um you know they'll they'll um, they'll almost certainly win that match next week because besties in the world are debuting and they're American. They're not they're not likely to be here a lot, so that that might be an interesting you know uh, uh, interesting position to put Scotty in, uh, give him that rub. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. But uh, yeah, so uh, next week it's a Sunday show. So actually, yeah, I don't suppose either of us will be here really next week. Um, uh, but the week after, we'll have a review. We'll also presumably know a bit more about the Scrapper Mania card, um, and we will talk about that at that time. So, uh, broadening out here a little bit from the old Irish wrestling, uh, there was yet another AEW pod, uh, podcast press conference this week, uh, uh, which featured some stuff that I think was kind of a foregone conclusion and some stuff that was a pleasant surprise. Uh, we did get the official formal announcement that Kenny Omega has in fact signed with AEW. I think a lot of people predicted that. I know shock and awe across the world. Uh, you know, which which it's, it, to be honest, as much as we had predicted it, I think I still think that's the best place for him to go. I really had no interest in him going to WWE. I, I'm way more interested in... I'm, I'm interested in as many big league players as possible going to AEW right now. Um, so yeah, he signed on the dotted line and they teased a rematch of the match Chris Jericho. Mm. Mm. 
Mm. I mean, I like that first match. I think Jericho's kind of fat yeah. and embarrassing. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that I think that first match was was very good, but a little bit overrated. Um, obviously, for Jericho's standards, it was very good. But I don't know that I really care to see a second one. Yeah, it, it, it's it, it's an interesting roster. They had some other stuff. They had some uh, some Japanese uh, women's wrestlers are going to be at Double or Nothing, which is their next big kind of state uh, stadium. Their their next big like ten thousand seat venue, Joe, <laughs> um, uh, including Aja Khan, the legendary Aja Khan, uh, which is a that's a good get. You know, I think people kind of mm-hmm. sneered at him and said, "Oh, you know what's what's your women's division going to be?" You know, they announced one name at the last press conference, so they announced I think they announced two names. I can't remember who the other one was, but one of them was Aja Khan, which is pretty damn good. Uh, oh, Kylie Ray signed as well. Yeah, she's uh, she's full on signed with them, which is good. So you know, making some moves in the right direction. They they announced uh, Sunny Kiss, who's a, a a you know a Florida wrestler, has signed with them. That's a nice, somewhat under the radar get. So you know, they're making moves. Well, they forget all of those. Forget all of those because they announced go on, go on. the world's best wrestler, Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy, oh. Jimmy, Jimmy, fucking Havoc. I want like do, do Americans look at him? And he's like, he's pasty with his emo haircut, and he comes out to AFI. And do they just think that the Brits are like twenty years in the past with their indie wrestling? They're indie wrestling, uh, and their friends memorabilia. Yeah, friends memorabilia and indie wrestling is like, it's like this guy comes out to the music that like our guys came out to in two thousand three. Uh, you know, but, but <laughs> he you know, is what? a very two thousand three guy. That's a very astute. Um, and then he, you know. You know, hits gets hit in the head with something, with but whatever. Head. Like he's, I think, I think it's the type of thing where he he has done occasional stuff in the U.S. Like he's done, he works, he has worked MLW like semi regularly. But I think he's still a new enough kind of novelty, and and I think Americans still like, oh, he's he's a progress guy. That's cool. So yeah. he has a bit of cachet in that sense. But I still, I still thought that was a very odd announcement. But whatever, fair play to him, you know. Uh, I don't really have any kind of interest in seeing him back over here. We got the the the, the one quote unquote death match. So I'm like, all right. Um, there was someone? I feel like there was someone else. I oh, they announced that the best friends, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, yeah. uh, which I think is pretty pretty good signing for them. Um, and there are some uh, some teased matches for the Double or Nothing show: uh, Hangman Page versus uh, Pac. Uh, the aforementioned Jericho versus Omega and the Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks. Uh, so that show is looking pretty good. The thing, the thing about AEW for me is it's all well and good doing you know what is basically all in two, but I I still think I said this last time we did the show as well. Is like, but I give me give me some what's your what's your like weekly show look like 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 give me that that's what i want to know what's your weekly show is it good you know it, it's 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 pretty cool that every six months you can draw ten thousand fans to a basketball arena that's cool but part of the reason you're doing that is because it is special and it is new like are you going to are you going to be able to get like you know between two and five to a television taping every other month like that's that's what i'm interested in um yeah. and it still seems we're still on those details I read an interesting tweet by uh, Capital T, Todd Martin, formerly of uh, Wrestling Observer on Twitter. Um, He said, you know, the biggest challenge for them is going from, wow, isn't this cool? Isn't this a big kind of novelty to actually getting people invested in the rest, you know, them as wrestlers rather than just kind of personalities putting on a a big show and being the kind of the new thing in town. 
Uh, and I think he's right. It is going to be a bit of an awkward transition moving from the, you know, being the announcements and the, the business side of things into an actual kind of fictional, compelling uh, wrestling world universe. Uh, yeah, but that is a, a continually uh, developing story. Yeah, it, it's... it's. I, it also seems like there's a million options on the table. Like, it, you know, you don't... I mean, you don't want to get TV for the sake of getting TV. You don't want, you don't want Impact's TV deal. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's like, you know, YouTube Live would be cool. Twitch... Eh. I just I don't like Twitch in general, just as a website, as a as an interface and stuff like that. So I wouldn't like that. But there's also reports that like like Bleacher Reports has a streaming service. They want to get them on. I'm like, don't you know? Yeah. I feel like you'd kill, you'd kill the momentum if you go on something too niche. Yeah. Like Fight TV again. Like that's what Ring of Honor TV's on. Like who talks about that? Like you know. But again, this is all this is all TBA. We're still, this is still very much a developing story. So I don't want to be too cynical, too fast. But they, I think they've I think they've made the right announcements and they've gotten a, a pretty a pretty solid uh, collection of, of names involved. You just you just don't want to be the new Global Force Wrestling uh, announcing yeah. announcing a brand and a roster and uh, crowning champions. And then having actually no content whatsoever, just being a kind of shell for a gold buying um, scam. Yeah. I uh, well, I think I think they're actually ahead of GFW because I think I don't think GFW ever had a second press conference. I think they had that one <laughs> press conference where 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 uh, Jeff Jarrett talked about his his binder of five hundred wrestlers for some reason. <laughs> Um, oh, and like, I, I have this binder, and then he announced like uh, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Magnus. And I was like, right, uh, that's the best you could pull out of your 500 fucking names. But anyway, Triple H got hold of that binder and just signed everyone in it, (laughs) (laughs) including Jeff Jarrett himself. (laughs) He was just had his name on the front. (laughs) God. Anyway, that's the uh, AEW situation. I remain uh, cautiously excited about that. That's good. And uh, uh, yeah, so uh, we got a superstar shake up in april uh so this will be the week the week after mania it's not the raw after mania but the week after that uh, i believe they're in canada that week so they will be doing their superstar shakeups there and what's interesting about that one is this is of course this will probably shape the rosters before they go before smackdown goes to fox Mm. Uh, so you could, you know, this this might not be some run of the mill thing. We could see some some movers and shakers. You know, maybe your maybe your Rondas or maybe your 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 people of that level uh, get shifted around depending on what Fox wants. So uh, yeah, I very much like. I always enjoy the Superstar Shakeup, especially because it, it it typically means that some NXT guys are being moved up, unless they do it as horribly as they did with the latest batch. Uh, yeah, so um, that would be interesting. Yeah, because there, there's, there's there are some there's some kind of staleness. Like I think I think you probably move the Usos to Raw at this stage. Although it feels like it's it's like uh, such a pointless endeavor, kind of moving the Usos from one show to the other. They they've just been on the, in the company for for a million years, and they've kind of wrestled everyone. Uh, there, this is another week, by the way, that we just had a, a dozen more stories of of. A person XYZ in WWE has either been offered this from AEW or they're they're letting their WWE deals run out and seeing what's on the table. Um, apparently, there was a big uh, uh, meeting uh, at SmackDown either last week or the week before where they said, all right, 
we're 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 putting new five year deals on the table for everyone who's coming due. You know, the usual negotiating, a bit more money, nice, nice long deal, five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and apparently the Usos did not sign, but the, that the, the reporting kind of made it seem like that's not to say that there there's one foot out the door, just that they have they have not signed at this time. Uh, and I tell you what, more so than them being moved from one brand to another, I think that's actually a team I'd like to see go somewhere else. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, get 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 out of that. Even if it's just for like two years, just get out of that ecosystem. Let the right. WWE, you know, roster kind of refresh itself a little bit. Get some new names in there. You go do AEW. Go do your go do your US and Euro tour. Come wrestle in the Ringside Club, right? With your Shikujans. <laughs> um, uh, wrestle, wrestle, you know, yeah, wrestle more than hype for my amusement. Um, Wrestle two unlimited, then, yeah. two unlimited in Rev Pro. Rest in peace. Uh, Remember them? No, they still they still get work, just not in, not not in this country anymore. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, and then they go back. But uh, yeah, so superstar shake up. Uh, some effing superstars getting shaked out of the goddamn company, folks. Uh, boom, boom, boom. There was a report that Randy Orton got an offer from AEW, which was kind of funny. Because I feel like that would kind of go against their uh, their whole counterculture. We're changing the business thing to get Ch- the most changing w- the world to get yeah. But the, but the thing about that is that it's like you know, um, and I think there, there was rumor that he was like you know open to an offer, but that's that's probably courteous uh, out of him because he like knows Cody and stuff. Um, mm. But you know what? It would probably end up being like a Sid and ECW situation where everyone would think they're too cool for it. But then when he comes out, he gets like a megastar reaction. Yeah. Because they're all marks, baby. Um, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, let me see here. So that's the Superstar Shake-Up. That's in uh, April. Uh, WWE going back to Saudi Arabia in May. I mean, I feel like it's kind of a new story every time they announce they're doing that. Mm. But we knew when they announced the initial deal. It's a 10-year deal. Uh there's a shit ton of money involved, and they're going to go back. If they went ahead with Crown Jewel, they're never not going to go ahead with these. Mm. Uh, uh, so, so yeah. But there you go. Back in uh, back in May for them. You think they're going to go entire through through the entirety of the ten year deal? Do you? And I I think it'll be cancelled at some point. There'll be some something will go down, and uh... I I honestly think short of actual war being declared, I don't think so. Okay. And honestly, like, like you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's pressure from critics who are uh, unhappy with it. But I don't think the U.S. is actually in in bad standing with Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. I mean, every time, every time, every time uh, uh, the king came out and said uh, Jamal Khashoggi slipped on a banana peel and fell into a meat grinder, uh, uh, Trump Trump was right on Twitter going, "Folks, you gotta respect the honesty. You gotta respect it." You know, he, he, you know, he, he was clumsy. You know, he was he was like one of those people in the infomercials. He was carrying too much, and he, you know, um, he fell off a giant cliff like Wiley e. Coyote. What's going to happen? You know. Um, so I think I think U.S. Arabia Saudi Arabia relations are fine, and I would say they will just WWE will just weather every storm on the PR front, uh, and they will just continue cashing their checks. Um, I think. I tell you, I have, I have a question for you. I know a prediction show we did the last uh, few weeks ago, okay? But I have a bonus prediction here, okay? That we will never go back and check. But, do you think Hulk Hogan 
wrestles on that May Saudi Arabia show. Ooh. See, if it was any other show, I probably would have said no, but like I'm sure for the Saudi thing, kind of like that rock match a few years ago, Derek Rowan, like but but like he can't he can't I don't think he can get down on his on his on his, you know, uh, knees to make a cover. You know what I mean? He, I, he I don't can know. do he can do the foot on chest cover. But who's who's he? I guess he could beat like Kurt Hawkins. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't. I'm gonna say no, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Kurt Hawkins, you're joking. He's wrestling the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, I'll say, I'll say no, but I think it's an interesting question. Oh my God, I can't wait till they actually each other into the barricade ten times as slow as Triple H and Undertaker did. Because who else? Who else could they bring back? To work Hogan. No, uh, in terms of that that status, um, obviously I've done much on my. Steve Austin. Oh, would he do it? He'd, if they drove a truck full of money to his house, if look, listen, if, if if you can get Shawn Michaels to do it, you can get Steve Austin to do it. I suppose, yeah. Um, but isn't like Austin? But see, Austin's he now Hogan would absolutely do the throw three punches and put your foot on Kurt Hawkins. He would absolutely do that. Austin, I'm fairly sure, no matter how many times they considered it, it always came back to him just not being able to do it. And I don't think he would take the money to do to do a stunner and a pin and call that a match. I, I think he's too weirdly obsessive with, with the love of this business. I don't care if Kurt Hawkins is willing to do the favors. That ain't how I wind my watch or whatever the fuck he's doing. <laughs> 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 <Or> whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I, think, I think he has too much pride in... And plus, he always talks about how he likes that that rock match is his last match and he didn't even know it was his last match but you know what I mean it's like I think he he buys into the romanticism of pro wrestling too much to do that mm. Hogan it? doesn't give a fuck but Hogan I would, will I, do it tomorrow for a I, I would have said the same by Shawn Michaels before last year well he well I yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think I also think Shawn no, actually, that's a fair point. I actually don't. No, but you I see, I'm not trying to argue. I'm. I don't think Steve Austin will ever work one of these shows. But just, just to play devil's advocate. Um, yeah, I suppose, and we are talking about like just absolutely comical amounts of money. They could get The Rock in for one day as well. The Rock Instagram hashtag all my fans in Saudi Arabia. Uh, seven dollars or whatever. He's good mates. I used to live in fucking Saudi Arabia, t- down the road from the big stadium. Fucking seven dollars in my pocket. <laughs> Russell, my first match at Mecca. Uh, God, <laughs> put over the big man. <laughs> he's he's mates with MBS anyway, so I'm sure he would wouldn't have a problem doing it. There you go. Rock Austin four. There you go. It's Saudi Arabia. Oh my God! Can you imagine? At the greatest WrestleMania or whatever the fuck they call it. Do you? Um, here's a quick little news tidbit. Uh, fighting with my family. Excuse me. Excuse me. Oh, news tidbit. Barry sneezes. Um, fighting with my family. Doing all right at the old uh, the old critical reviews at the moment. Oh yeah. Um, this might be the most the best reviewed sort of tangentially wrestling movie since probably the wrestler. Um, yeah. 
Uh, I, it, there was an announcement this week that w, the WWE and Netflix, like WWE's studios, are partnering up to do some direct to Netflix movies. I can't imagine a worse juxtaposition of of uh, of movie deals happening. But um, yeah, fighting with my family. Apparently, it's uh, pretty damn good. Uh, one review, as as you might expect, one review was kind of critical of it for basically being a sort of propaganda thing where WWE is this like um, dream come true factory, basically. Mm. Uh, where everything where everything's wonderful and if you work hard by god you get to put smiles on faces um you know um which is which which is kind of par for the course it's like they they are all their like officially licensed shit is in the movie like the performance center and page debuts on raw like it's very much got their seal of approval on it of course um but but um i'm actually i'm looking forward to it because i keep i keep forgetting that it's like written and directed by steve merchant so i'm like yeah. it, it just it's no way it's a disaster yeah I, I just love The Rock's fingerprints all over. Because you know how instrumental The Rock was in Page. Make it into WWE. <laughs> that, like, you have the poster with, like, the family and the fucking Rock front and center. Yeah, in, in Norwich. <laughs> yeah. If The Rock's ever been to fucking Norwich. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. Very funny. Anyway, and then last but not least, watch NXT this week, right? Okay. Only a bloody great match on it i mean the best match i've seen this year i would i would even say i enjoyed it more than the any of the takeover matches and certainly anything from the royal rumble um we had drew gulak versus matt riddle on nxt this week mm. and it was a fucking banger so if you have any way of getting your eyes on that i highly recommend they had a very very good hard-hitting submission based uh, clinic very very good very very good mm. enjoyed it thoroughly very good very good episode of NXT in fact um, Drew Gulak had just defeated the debuting Eric Bugenhagen which is one of the best named wrestlers I think that's ever existed uh, unfortunately yeah. he is another hashtag no hoper uh, uh, another No Way Jose, if you will. Um, another, what's that last name? The Hype Guy? Hype Bro? What's Mojo Rowley. Mojo, another Mojo. Yeah, he's another one of them. I'm I'm super charismatic, but actually he's just a bit shy. Uh, and yeah, then, exactly. And then, just kind of like, kind of like a colorful gimmick, and that's that's kind of doing the heavy, heavy lifting. Yeah. Um, and then he... Gulak beat him fairly handily and then made an open challenge. Now came Matt Riddle, bro. And Matt mm. Riddle and Drew Gulak had, a, had a, a, a wonderful match. Very, very good. So, highly recommend that. Also, we're getting, uh, in two weeks, Johnny Gargano versus Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. So, set your watches for that, because that will be great also. Mm. Uh... uh there you go. Another news. Gunner was in action. He's another one for the old No Hope oh. trial. <laughs> I still can't believe he got signed. It's mad. Well, th that whole group, the Forgotten Sons, are oh, aces and eights. Doesn't even do it justice. They are just atrocious. Um, and there you go. Yeah, very good NXT. Uh, main event was Bianca Belair, Io Shirai, and Kyrie Sane against the old horsewomen, ba Baszler, Duke, and Shafir. It was fine. But uh, it, it came immediately on the heels of that Riddle Gulak match. And my mind was already made up that I wasn't enjoying anything as much as that. So, 
highly, highly recommend that. It was extremely Gulak good. having a, a sneaky old good year. I haven't watched it yet, but I heard his match with Devlin was quite good at the uh, the Worlds Collide there you go. gimmick. Did you watch any of that, by the way? No, I didn't get a chance, but I heard it was... It was, was all right. I watched, I watched the, the, the early rounds of it, um, mm. and it was all right. You know, crowd was... It was better mic'd and better... It looked and felt better than the typical access shows, which is where it was taped. Right. I mean, I, I always found those things to be completely unwatchable, like sure. like two people watching Tino Sabatelli versus Otis. Um, oh, yeah, he's uh, just called where, Otis now, by the way. And Tucker. Yeah, well, I, can't remember, I can't remember what his last name was anyway, so that's fine. Those of it. Uh, uh, what did you call me? Anyway, uh, but this thing was actually really good. Like they had actual actual stars and actual good workers and a decent crowd and a decent you know uh, lighting setup. So I, I might watch the second half of it soon. All right. Uh, De- Devlin Gulak was good and Devlin also wrestled. Jordan Devlin versus the Velveteen Dream. Right, we need to talk um, about it. If there was ever a match I'd love to have seen in person, it's probably that one. But uh, but uh, yeah, I'll give that a Can watch. Can I just say on the topic of the Otis thing, right? Yeah, Otis Dozovich to Otis, fair enough. Tucker is the name of a fat child. <laughs> Tucker is not a tough man's name. Wasn't there no. like a Nickelodeon series called Tucker or some shit? Ah, uh, yes, it was actually good. I liked it. Yeah, Tucker Knight, fair enough. Tucker, I wouldn't call him Tucker. Call him fucking. Steve Knight or something, but now he's just called Tucker. Oh man, what an Steve utter disaster! Knight. Huh? Steve Knight. I don't know anything of the Tucker Knight. What is that? Tucker, more like Tucker Shite, because he is big awful. Tuck, big Tucky Wucky. The big Tuck. There you go. He's in OTT, isn't he? Uh yeah. Actually, I saw him in Belfast. He was, he was all right. Not to be, not to be mistaken with Tucker, um, who is also in OTT. <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah, uh, there's two Tuckers now. That is confusing. Well, no, well, well one of them left. The the Brit one left NXT. Yeah, so. but they immediately replaced him with a taller, fatter, more American one. But they didn't replace him. Tucker Knight in NXT for a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, but he was called Tucker Knight. Anyway, let's let's move on. That's the end <laughs> of the show. That is the end of this. Don't week's forget, show. we are on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on that Podcast Addict app if you have an Android. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I checked it myself. Like, yeah, I've uh, I'm actually yeah, I've just I've just populated that with all my little um with all my uh uh for what used to be on my uh my my fucking old podcast app. It and you can nice. put your you can put your RSS feeds in as I said as well. Yeah, I've got I've got all my little my 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 Patreon gimmicks um uh on there which is good no it's uh, and also if you have any issues it's very well supported there's a whole faq on it there's like i think in the settings an faq for troubleshooting so it's very good for that so very nice um yeah so um thank you very much for that oh and i'm gonna see the lego movie in 4dx this week 4dx is that yoke where it's like 3d but also your chair is moving around and it's spraying water on your face and stuff so that'd be good crack is it is there actually water involved yeah. Oh wow. We saw um I've already seen a 4DX movie in in Cineworld in Dublin. We saw Life of Pi in 4DX. Lots now, of water in that one. Now, I'm now this is this is interesting to me because I didn't think you would be into this in general, but even more so, I did not think you'd be into it for like a film you haven't seen before. Like the first yeah. time you see a film, I thought you'd want to be like, you know. It was the like, only it, showing that was convenient for the time that I would have uh, finished work and uh, we could meet up and see it. 
Fair enough, fair enough. There is nothing worse, and I would, I've actually just in the past decided to just not go when it's like, I want to see a film after work, and the one I want to see, or the one that happens to be on at 5 o'clock when I finish is 3D, and I go, well, okay, well, I'm going home then. I'm, I'm officially <laughs> completely over 3D now, and especially because my, my roommate is also over it. He was always the one angling to go to 3D. I'm so over it now. I'm past it. Fair enough. Um, so, so um, but anyway, enjoy your um, uh, your Bouncy Castle movie. I will do. Um, I, I will. I would hopefully have the the Lego Movie scene by uh, by by the next time we do the show as well. Very excited about that. I shall try and watch at least one or two more Oscar movies by next week as well. By the by the time by the time you, we all reconvene again, I I would hope to have seen the Lego Movie too, and also if Beale Street could talk, I, I we can yes. have a, we can talk about those next week or rather the week after. So yeah, I, I guess we won't be here next Sunday because me and Paul will be at homecoming. Uh, to see the big Devlin Star match. Uh, so either there'll be a show on Monday or, or we'll have a week off, but we will, of course, keep you updated on the old Twitter machine. Um, and until then, folks, you can follow us on Twitter at ChairShopPod. You can go to ChairShopPodcast.com to send us an email or to listen to the back of Codlog episodes. You can follow at the Baronet. You can follow at Griff Tannen. You can follow at Paul Griffith CSB. There's four Twitter recommendations for you for free. Um, and we'll be back in, in uh, the near future talking uh, talking uh, OGT, AEW, movies, games, life, uh, the road to WrestleMania, and so much more. Um, so yeah, thanks very much for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffith. Goodbye. And it's goodbye, Mr. Joe Towner. Goodbye. Goodbye.